Emergency podcast, guys. Another emergency pod on a Friday. Oh, boy, it's a UK-friendly one. Anyway, that is the good news. The bad news is Pablo Lopez, this is the secret that wasn't so secret, was absolutely on the block. The Marlins have been trying to move Pablo Lopez for some time, unfortunately, but they finally get a deal done, and it is with the Minnesota Twins. The Lion in Texas, he called it last week. Finally, it drops, and the return, the player coming back, the AL batting champ for 2022, Luis Reyes. Yes, sir, the Marlins. Listen, they are going in a different direction in terms of the way they're creating their offense. Tons to get into, both in terms of Pablo Lopez, Luis Arias, and also, we shouldn't forget, Jose Salas part of this deal, too. All the news, breaking news, on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast and I am your host Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. And yes, there is a YouTube channel. Head over there. The YouTube channel, it is well named. You will never guess it. It is called Locked on Marlins. (laughs) And it's just me here, emergency solo pod. There may even be a double episode today, but I wanted to just hop on, give my Very immediate reaction. Immediate reaction on this one. The news starts to break, and you see Pablo Lopez going, Luis Arias coming back, plus prospects going from the Marlins. You're like, oh boy, he's starting to get nervous in this one. Uh, But the deal uh, appears to be done. Um, Let's start with from from a Marlins perspective anyway. Pablo Lopez is the headline piece going across to Minnesota in this one. Pablo Lopez, two years of control, career year, I would say, in 2022. And Pablo Lopez, he, unfortunately with this one, it's just the two years of control. It just meant that the Marlins were looking to move him. He's starting to get more expensive. And it was just clear that the Marlins were looking to move Pablo for some time. They were looking to move him uh, at the deadline. The deal couldn't be done. They've been shopping him all through this offseason. And finally, they get a deal done. It's sad, extremely sad, and I don't want to have a sad podcast, but listen, Pablo Lopez is a top-notch dude, absolutely stellar guy, and that that means it hurts. It hurts to us as far as just the type of guy he is. As you know, I was on the, the Marlins media circuit, so to speak, in 2020 uh, when the Zoom the Zoom calls were happening, happening daily, got to hear from Pablo you know, every couple of days. Just an just an absolute gent, wonderful human being. He, we all seen it. We all saw it too, right? On these broadcasts, uh, that when he joined the broadcast, just lights everything up. Top guy. Away from the the personality side, which is uh, a plus. Uh, we have to call it out as well. Us, just he's been an absolute stud for the Marlins. He really has. He's really just continued to improve year on year, very much like Sandy, the way that they just continue to keep improving these guys. Pablo Lopez, you know, career year in 22, no doubt. And he will be, he'll be sorely missed for many reasons, Pablo Lopez. But unfortunately, 
the way things were at right now, the Marlins have too many arms, not enough sticks. You got to get some sticks. You're going to give some arms. Pablo Lopez, whilst he is the number two, rightly so, he is a two. And that's the other thing I wanted to call out. Other fan bases talking, hey, Pablo Lopez, he's a four, he's a five. Guys, you don't know what you're talking about. You know absolutely nothing about Pablo Lopez. Pablito is a two on some teams, and he is a one on many. I'm telling you right now, he absolutely is. I was listening to the Lockdown Cardinals pod earlier on. He admitted it too, JD, saying that Pablo Lopez could be, if you look at the numbers, he could be the ace for the Cardinals right now. And that is the case with Pablo Lopez. He is an ace on many teams. Sean Barrett called it a few months back on this show. So with that being said, it's hard to move these quality arms. But it was clear that the Marlins weren't going to extend Pablo Lopez uh, beyond his arbitration years. That was the sense we were getting as we headed into uh, the 22 season. As we know, the arbitration process, they went to arbitration hearing with Pablo. It was in the middle of the year because of uh, the lockout delayed that. So it was a bit of a funky situation where Pablo had just won pitcher of the month and was then in the arbitration hearing. And the Marlins were basically kind of probably lambasting him for his uh, poor performance in, in 2020. But the, the sense we always had was Pablo wouldn't be extended. He's the most expensive guy other than Sandy. Sandy is untouchable, as we know. So you just scroll down the list. Least control, most expensive. Pablo Lopez has to go. Painful as that is, that is the business of the Miami Marlins. That is how this organization operates. It's just the way it is, guys. And it's painful. But in terms of what they've got back, they have back the batting champ. For all of the, the pain last year in 2022, let's not forget this, just the amount of games that the Marlins couldn't score runs, couldn't get anyone on base. You know, it was a scoreless streak, like of historic proportions. The Marlins, they just need to get sticks, reliable sticks. And it's clear that there's a different approach here right now. They're approaching things differently. They're looking for different types of guys. They're, they're not hunting. Do you remember last year, Don Mattingly, in that presser, when he, he, he finally lost his rag and he'd had enough, and he just says, hey, the big boys have got to go. We've got too much of the same guy, which basically meant too much swing and miss, swinging for the fences, and not being effective. No, Skip Schumacher's in now. We've already heard it from Skip. I want boring baseball. What does that mean? I just want hits. I want death by one million paper cuts. He's looking for paper cuts galore from this offense. Talk about Araya shortly, but let's finish up as well. Two other names in this as well. So this wasn't a one-for-one. One. Uh, Luis Araya's, by the way, he has three years of control remaining. Pablo Lopez, as we know, has two years of control. Uh, clearly. The Marlins and Twins have been talking about this. It feels for some time they couldn't quite get a match. They were targeting Arias, but clearly the Pablo for Arias in, in the Twins' eyes didn't align in terms of value. Um, baseball trade values uh, website, they they have it pretty close, actually, between you know Pablo and Arias one for one. But the, the Marlins needed to sweeten it, and they have. I, I think they very much sweetened the deal here. Jose Salas going back to the Twins as well, one of uh, one of the, the Marlins' top prospects, effectively. So that was, I would say, a bit of a surprise. Uh, and then a another 
Uh, another prospect added to it as well. So the Marlins have absolutely piled in on the prospects here. Um, let's wait to see. As I'm recording this now, it's you know it's kind of breaking as as it's happening. But we know uh, who do we know? Yeah, okay. So we've got uh, Byron Jurio going back the other way, an outfielder. I don't know anything about him at all. It's the first time I've ever read his name, so I can't give you anything more on that other than the name. And it's Byron Jurio. Uh, looks like um, rookie ball guy, but Jose Salas. And Pablo Lopez plus Churio. So three guys in this deal from the Marlins going to the Twins for Luis Arias. Big, big move, a big blockbuster move. This is the type of deal that will define, in many ways, Kim Ang's year. This will define what those extension talks look like for the Marlins uh, and Kim Ang as we head to, to the end of 2023. No doubt about it. When you move a guy like Pablo, for Luis Arias, plus you include some prospects to sweeten the deal. You have to hit on it. You have to hit. I think they will hit on it. But let's talk about our good friends over at Built Bar before we do that. And guys, listen, you may be pumped. I'm pumped. It's time for a treat, maybe. You don't want all the fat and calories, then try those Built Bars. We've just got through the holidays. It's you know still January. New Year's resolutions are in. My goal is definitely to eat a little healthier this year and drink less. If you're like me, you'll want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just the thing. Try those Bilts, and with Bilt, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you'll think that they you won't think, sorry, that they're good for you. Always catches me out, that one. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, 100% real chocolate. Let's start right there. 100% real chocolate. They come in believable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almonds. How does Bilt do it? I don't know, but these bars, they taste like a candy bar whilst maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein for those workouts, baby, for those guns. Uh, you don't have to wait around to get a box. We've been talking about it for years. Get yourself over to Bilt.com. Don't have to even do that now. You can still go there. But you've also got options at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Uh, if, if you're thinking about Walmart, head there right now, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Bilts, pick up a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs, or if you're thinking about a Sam's Club running, then head in there, you can grab a 13-box bar, box bar, bar box, <laughs> with all the hit flavors, brownie batter, churro, everything in there, you can thank me later for that one, guys, that is Bilt, Walgreens, and Sam's Club. And, of course, Built.com. Whew. Okay. I need a little minute. I need a second to compose myself here. There's so much going on here. It's uh, it's insane. As you, as you probably imagine, Twitter's absolutely blowing up, trying to get my head around this. But I've been thinking about Luis Arias for some time. Let's talk about him now in the return. It's painful that Pablo goes, and we know that. But what are the Marlins getting in Luis Arias? Fundamentally, well, We'll talk about maybe some of the, the the kinks or some of the elements here. But fundamentally, what are you getting? You're getting the batting champ. What does that mean? The guy hits. He hits. And he absolutely has been hitting all his career. When you look up and down his numbers, uh, going back to 2019, uh, he's, you know, he's consistently way over 300 as a hitter. Way over 300. You know, in 2022, he hit 316. Yes, okay, the power isn't there. It's not a power guy. Eight home runs, so he chips in, chips in now and again. But, you know, Arias is just, he's just a straight-up hitter. He really is. And, you know, he gets on base too. 
OPS plus last year of 130. I mean, this this is this profile, this type of hitter is going to be the type of profile and hitter that some may not like. I think it's fair to say. Because, like I said, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's just hit after hit after hit. Get yourself on base, leading off, and then just let the guys behind you do all of the action. Um, and I think, you know, there will be some questions around it, but fundamentally, you got to look at it and go, he's, he's an over 300 hitter consistently. You've got three years of control on him. Yes, it will start to get more expensive year on year, etc. Um, that's the, for the Marlins to sort out. But that's what they're looking for. And for me, We've already seen it in some ways with Gene Segura coming in. Um, you know, again, another, you know, just good hitter, good on-base guy. That's what they're looking for. The Marlins, I think, are, are going away. Like, strategically, they're moving away from just the bombs-away brigade, which the ballpark does not support. Lone Depot is not a bombs-away brigade kind of place. Yes, okay, that's maybe what the, you know, the way the game has gone in certain ways, but it's not conducive to the ballpark. I think the Marlins are reevaluating that strategy and thinking about where a pitching first team, you know, the, the defense we'll talk about because there's now some kinks in that. Um, the defense won't be as good as it was in 22, mainly because you've taken away Miguel Rojas, who, you know, was absolutely elite at shortstop, but not clear on who's going to play short yet. There's maybe some, uh, some discussion there to be had, but they're a pitching team, pitching first, that's who the Marlins are. That's their identity. They've got tons of arms now in the rotation. They've got tons more to come. Build around your staff. And then from an offensive perspective, you don't need to try and be a heavyweight juggernaut kind of offensive team trying to hit bombs and smoke the life out of everything. It's not going to be, it's not going to work in Lone Depot. Unless they change the dimensions and everything about it, the Marlins have to find a way to play to their strengths. And that should be just straight up hitting. No one, you know, you can barely hit the Marlins pitching because it's too good. Have have an offense in there that gives you an opportunity to just keep the line moving. It's that kind of offense. It's going to be at times, it's going to be frustrating. It's not, maybe it's going to lack a bit of sex appeal, but that's, that's the clear direction that we're seeing here. And there's still guys in there that, that you know, there's going to be, you know, bombs away. We'll wait to see what Jorge Soler can deliver this year. We'll wait to see what kind of bounce back Avi Garcia can have. Cooper Loop, we'll wait to see what, you know, whether the power stroke comes back because it did drop away in 22. Um, but also, you know, the Bahamian Prince, Jazz Chisholm Jr. I mean, I've shared it a couple of times today. Some of those videos that he shared of BP, oh my days, it is, it's just straight up smoke. It really is. One of them in particular, the first bomb, it must. It was a 500-foot bomb, no doubt about it. I think it left Lone Depot and hit a car because I can hear a car alarm going off. The next one was an upper deck tank. Okay, it's from, I think, the you know the pitching machine or whatever. But listen, Jazz, he is going to be enjoying this. This is interesting to see the way they, they create this lineup because you know we talked about should Jazz be leading off. And this is where this Arias move is interesting. The question on Arias is where does he play? What's his position? The Twins tried him everywhere, um, and he ended up finding a home at first base because, yeah, effectively, he's not a good defensive player. And so that says to me, um, he could be DHing. It's possible that the Marlins just kind of plug him in and go, hey, listen, from our DH, we're not looking for 40 home runs. We're actually looking 
for a guy to hit 330. And that's it. And we're happy with that because that's our identity. I'm intrigued to see how they go with that. The other option clearly is he he's at first base. You know, me and Sean uh, talked about it on yesterday's episode. What happens if the Marlins go and get a first baseman? Could Coop then slide into the DH role more regularly? And could Jorge Soler then kind of bump back out to left field? It's possible. And I think that's where the questions go now is, where's Arias going to play? Is it first base? It shouldn't be anywhere else because fundamentally, the Marlins have only seven second basemen on the roster. No shortstops right now, it, it seems. But, you know, they've got Birdie, Wendell, Jazz. Groshans, Segura, all these guys. So I don't think Arias needs to be put into second base where he's going to be limited, extremely limited. So it's either first base or he's DHing. And yes, the profile is not prototypical. This is not a prototypical first baseman. You're looking for power from those spots, from the corner spots. The Marlins haven't got power and they're not playing for power there. And the same could be said from the DH spot. To me, gut feel is on this one, the Arias is is most likely to slide into the DH role. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just thinking about it, and maybe share time with Coop at first, kind of effectively create that kind of 50-50 split with Aguilar that they had before. You know that's the way the Marlins played it then, and Jorge Soler is back out in left field. Avi Garcia is in right field. You know what does that mean for Brian De La Cruz? What does it mean for Jesus Sanchez? You know right now Brian De La Cruz he's pegged in to be the opening day center fielder. Uh, I still think a move could come, but you know we've already heard it from Skip Schumacher. He he expects Brian De La Cruz to get 500 at bats in in 2023. So does this is this the plan? Are the Marlins thinking about this now? Arias and Coop effectively splitting time, first base and DH. Soler back out in left field, DHing a little bit too. Who's playing shortstop? It's not clear yet. Kim Ang wouldn't answer that question. Um, right now, it's potentially, potentially is Joey Wendell. We'll wait and see. Gene Segura over at third. We'll wait and see. Jazz over at second. We'll wait and see on that. A lot of questions, a lot of infielders. Um, but in summary here, guys, and we'll wrap things up. This is a, a breezy break-in episode here. In summary, Arias is it's a clear definition of the strategy in terms of the way the Marlins are looking from an offensive perspective. This is a clear change. No longer big boys got to go. The big boys have gone. That's the plan here. We're going to be going death by a thousand paper cuts. Play to our strengths. Pitching, defense, and just hit after hit after hit and keep the line moving. Jazz Chisholm, what's the impact there? Should slide down the order, you'd imagine. You've got to be thinking here now, Jazz is maybe going to be hitting two, three, Four, five, six, I don't know. I mean, you want Jazz to be kind of towards the top of the lineup, but could Jazz kind of fit into the, maybe into the three hole? We'll wait and see on that one. Um, guys, that's going to wrap us up. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. I may be back. I may be back for a second episode uh, and, and get some other opinions because this is my knee jerk, my snap reaction. I wanted to drop on and just give a breaking, breaking, breaking thought. And for me, you know, it's sad to see Pablo go. You know, Luis Arias, he is what he is. And if you're looking for a guy that just straight up hits and gets on base, Luis Arias is your guy. The Marlins have been calling out for years for that type of profile. 
Some won't like the profile. Some won't like the defense. Some won't like some of the injury concerns, perhaps, around his hamstrings, etc. But if the Marlins get 2022 Luis Arias, the batting champ, then for me, this trade, will will we'll look back on it in a favorable way. Yes, it's going to be hurtful that Pablo Lopez is no longer with the Marlins, but it just is what it is. Pablo was the right guy to move. Yes, the talent's there, and he could be an ace on any team, to be honest with you. But he's only two years of control, and he's getting more expensive, and the Marlins aren't going to extend him. I appreciate you joining me, guys. I'll be back very soon. This, this offseason continues to heat up. The Marlins getting business done late into the offseason. This is Kim's time. This is one of the deals that will that we'll look back on in Kim's tenure and say whether this, you know, this is you know, maybe a sliding doors moment in many ways for Kim Ang. You know, if this deal is the right deal, and maybe, maybe, maybe if the Marlins can get this center field situation sorted, they still need to think about third base, in my opinion, too. But center field clearly remains an area of need. The question then is for center field. How can they now address it with Pablo Lopez now already traded? What are they going to do? Who's the next guy that may be available? We've been hearing Edward Cabrera's name mentioned today on a couple of deals. A deal with the Rockies, a deal with the Mets, perhaps. We'll wait and see on that one, guys, but we'll leave it there for now. It's Locked on Marlins on Friday the 20th of Jan, a breaking news episode. Luis Arraez is a Marlin. Pablo Lopez and Jose Salas are twins. We'll see you soon, guys.